welcome to 1202, the Human Factors Podcast. The podcast that covers all things about humans, technology, technology. and particularly the bits in between. Hi and welcome to this episode of 1202, the Human Factors Podcast. This one is different. This is all about Ergonomics and Human Factors Conference 2022 and it's where I've messed up and I was supposed to take loads of gear with me, so we got lots of interviews. Um, if you've listened to some previous episodes of either this or Human Factors Cast, then you'll re- realize that I left the books of cables at home. So what I had to do was engage with uh, lots of people who uh, attended the conference after the fact and do some recording and do some interviews. And I'm really pleased to say that we've had a really great take up and been able to interview uh, five or six different people all with different roles to play within the conference. So we've got Tina Worthy, um, who helped uh, uh, oversee and organize quite a lot of things. Becky Charles, who was the um, one of the lead organizers in, in the organization. Um, Philip Florek, who ended up, was a session chair. And we talked to Kate Preston and Amy Ferguson, uh, who and were part of the secretariat and did a whole lot of pushing people around. And we also talked to Ryan Priest, one of the attendees of the, the virtual part of the conference all with a view to try and get in the the different flavors and what they thought about the different bits from their perspective. I will put it all out on the table that this is my first time of doing a any sort of multi-editing in uh, on a video side of things. So this is hopefully going to be relatively polished, but it's not going to be as polished as it could be. So please bear with me when this, particularly if you're watching this on on the video through YouTube or whatever, then it is not going to be as polished as it um, as it could be. Um, but it's either wait forever until I get the skills to be able to do it, do it full on. But this is um, a learning experience for us all. We're going to cluster the questions around um, around four or five different bits, really about introducing uh, the the people who who willing to be interviewed and about you know what do they do on their day job and how they got involved in the conference then what about what they thought about the that live virtual mix and looking at their their, their conference highlights coupled with this we've also done a bit of reflection on on over on uh, on our sister podcast uh human factors cast so i'd thoroughly recommend that um, after this one has gone live it'll go live with um with human factors cast as well where um, Nick has a chat with me about my thoughts uh, around the conference. But fundamentally for me, this was a brilliant conference. It was our first step back into that whole meeting people again. There was people who I thought only existed on 2D on, on a computer screen where because we've only interacted by Zoom or by Teams or whatever. And it was actually really nice to see people in person. It was also really fab to catch up with people who we haven't seen for, for, three, for three or four years. So that was um, really good in and of itself. But then there was also a wealth of information, a wealth of research that's been done, a wealth of work that has been really taking advantage of the of this COVID period. And, and so that was really fascinating to see that people hadn't just stood around and waited for things to resume. Also, from my perspective, it was the first time I'd looked at the conference from um, from that perspective of, of, of being more involved. So now that I... Um, now president-elect of the Chartered Institute of Economics and Human Factors, it gave me a really different perspective or it made me look at things differently. And so it was really nice to be able to um, get a, a real appreciation of what goes on in the background, of which some of which we'll, we'll hear from in the, in the clips today. So 
when you next go to a conference, hopefully this will give, give you a bit more of an insight into what goes on in the background. I would also um, encourage you to go back and look at the episode I did with David Golightly and Nora Balfe, who they were largely led the, the team that organized all the, the, the papers and, and the content of the conference, the academic content of the conference. And so you get a bit of a, uh, an idea about what they got up to in order to get us uh, the content that we needed for, for the conference in of itself. So I'll start waffling on at this point. Um, you'll see lots of different um, clips being played. And if this comes across um, well on video as well as the audio, I'd be really keen for your feedback. So drop me uh, a message on any of the socials that, that we use. But as for now, let's get into hearing um, from, the, from, from the interviewees. And we start off with, uh, with, with Tina Worthy and ask Tina to give us a bit of a, an insight into what she does as um, in her role as uh, Chief Operating Officer of the CIHF. Yeah, thanks for that introduction, Barry. Um, yeah, I'm the Chief Operating Officer of the Chartered Institute of Ergonomics and Human Factors, um, which means that I try and make things run smoothly, make them more efficient. We organise events, we accredit people and uh, courses. So it's my job really to make sure all those things work. We have the resources to make them work uh, and that uh, people enjoy the experience. Which I think you do amazingly well because there is never anything that doesn't seem to happen or, or go off the way it's supposed to. Um, and that's what we're going to talk about today is obviously that the conference has just has just ended both elements of the conference. Sounds a bit of a stupid question, but how do you get involved in the conference? What apart from doing pretty much, you know, steering the steering the ship, what do you do at conference? What's your role? Uh, well, there's lots of work that goes on before the conference starts, which I'm involved in from um, marketing the event in the beginning, getting people to submit um, papers for the conference, uh, helping to organise the reviewing, um, going through the programme, putting the programme together. This is all with help from members and other other um, other colleagues. And then um, making again, making sure that we can get people there, making sure that the, the event itself is well run. So during the event, then I'm there on hand to answer any questions or anything, but also just to, to oversee, because by that stage, again, other people have sort of taken over the, the worrying about it. So the venue and the, the secretariat, they're doing a great job. And of course, the, our other colleagues as well, um, helping to, to run it and make sure again, that people have a get the best out of it and have a good time. Sure, I'm Becky Charles, and I am an inspector at the Rail Accident Investigation Branch. So um, it was about 11 years ago, when I started on the secretariat, in 2011 at Stoke Rochford and then I've kept turning up ever since and I've done many roles um, to do with the conference so uh, including being programme co-chair which I did for five years um, and gave over to the lovely Nora Balfe this year um, uh, so uh, yeah lots of things um, and for the past 11 years I have been running the secretariat uh, with Tina so you might have seen me running around with a yellow t-shirt on this year and getting chiv chivying of people around everywhere. I was always getting told off be before pretty much every single session by Becky, getting, but you need to go here now. Okay. <laughs> I yeah, I get very good at herding people around. How did you feel? Obviously, this, as you said, you've um, been co-program chair um, for five years, and this year you handed over. How did you feel to be handing over the power? Were you were you looking over, sort of going, well, they haven't done that quite the way I would do it? <laughs> no, not at all. I think it's one of those things where it needs new people, and um, I think. 
I think I'd done my time, I think five years, and I'd done the two um, online conferences, which we were really chuffed with, and I think they went really, really well. And I just think it was time for a bit of a change. I think Nora and, Nora and Dave are doing a fab job, so... Yeah. Awesome. And for those of you who want to see what uh, Nora and Dave were up to then, uh, or their plans were, there was a, I did a previous interview with them, and I shall put the link to that in the show notes. My name is Philip Florek. I'm a human factor specialist at uh, Arrival. Um, I am designing uh, interfaces for electric cars. And I'm also an uh, aviation safety uh, student uh, at Cranfield University, where I do my master's degree. That's cool. So we have something in common then, because I um, did my bachelor's degree at uh, Shrivenham, which is also part of uh, Cranfield. Um, so it's a small, this, this whole human factors thing, it's a very small world. Oh, yeah. How did you get involved? What, what, was, your, what was your part in the conference? So uh, my intention from the very beginning, I, when I learned that the, the conference will be hybrid this year, there will be mixed virtual and physical, I wanted to be involved like straight away. And uh, I think uh, on one occasion I mentioned to Tina that I want to be involved if there is anything I can help with. Uh, you know, I can, I'm, I'm more than happy. So and just a few weeks before the, the conference, I just found that um, uh, my very good colleague, uh, Nora Balf, uh, suggested that I could chair one of the technical sessions. So. Rachel and David just got in touch with me and I agreed with, with great pleasure. Fantastic. So you being one of the session chairs is is about making sure that um that, that the entire so not just individual papers, but the entire session runs properly. Um, you know, people come up, you they get introduced, yeah. and then you handle the questions at the end. Um what sort of preparation, you know, how what sort of things did you have to do to to be ready to do that sort of um that sort of role? Yeah, so uh, I have to Thank you very much for uh, for the guide that was prepared by the institute. Uh, how you actually, you know, uh, prep yourself to the role. It's not as scary as it sounds. You know, if even if you're afraid of public talking, which I'm working just to meet, reduce this. You know, but uh, if I can give any advice, you know, just do your background reading on those documents, on those papers. And uh, my biggest worry was that there will be no questions. So I was ready in that sense that I had, a, you know, three, four questions as a backup, you know, one, two questions for each speaker, uh, just in case, you know, if, if there will be no traction from the audience. So did he get into that position at all? Or did he have questions and it was all happy or? Actually, no, I was quite surprised. Uh, the session was... Um, relatively uh, small comparing to big competitors from uh, from uh, from healthcare <laughs> and other industries but uh, yeah we managed to present uh, five uh, uh, presentations uh, mm -hmm. some of them were uh, pre-recorded but uh, the audience was very active very responsive so i i personally asked a few questions myself but uh, i you know i i got enough interest from the audience and seems like uh, there was quite uh, quite a discussion afterward with few speakers who were attending in person i guess it is one of the advantages of being the session chair is that if you do have a pressing question then you can shove everybody else's question to one side and and take the uh, take the privilege of um of, take of take that. take the advantage of being on the stage exactly yes yeah, absolutely exactly, yes. and now we're going to talk to kate and her experiences of being at the ehf 2022 this year kate welcome and thank you for coming for coming to have a chat with us after the conference yeah, Could, yeah. 
could you just give um, everybody a bit of an introduction to who you are and what you're doing and why you're vaguely interested in human factors in the first place? <laughs> yeah, of course. So I am a PhD research student at the University of South Clyde in Glasgow, Scotland, for anybody who doesn't know that. And I kind of mostly focus my PhD on human factors and AI technology in hospitals. And basically my aim is to kind of make sure that any future AI is kind of integrated, safe and made for those who are kind of going to be interacting with it, basically. And it's just a interesting world to be within, actually. <laughs> and I also have just started as co-chair of the special interest group in AI and digital health. So really looking forward to getting stuck in with that as well. <laughs> that's cool. I think we've got a meeting coming up soon. Um, <laughs> the, um, that's a really interesting part because, I mean, God forbid we actually get users involved in the use of AI in healthcare, isn't it? It's, oh, it's still... <laughs> I still find it quite stunning that people think that we still need to do that. But um, but never mind. So you're also involved in the conference. You're quite heavily involved in the conference because you were one of the um, one of the uh, secretariat. Um, so what did you have to do? What was the, what was the um, what, what what does the secretariat do in on a day to day basis with this? Oh God, we did so much. Um, I we had a kind of brief call beforehand where we discussed what our roles would be, but it was a case of kind of go in and you know just get stuck in. So at the start, we were kind of handing out your lanyards and your passes, which was a lot of kind of interacting with different people. And also, if you get to see people's names before they come in, be like, "That's who you are. I followed you for a long time." And <laughs> And then after everybody's kind of settled in, it was a lot of running around and trying to find presenters to one, know what they look like, so you can kind of catch them later, and also to make sure that they've actually sent the presentation in. Yeah. And then kind of the you know main event when you're sitting presenting, we are those really annoying people who hold up a sign, being like, "Please, can you stop talking now?" Because we're trying <laughs> to keep the schedule basically. So yeah, it was, those were kind of the three main things, but there's just a lot of kind of, you know, making sure everything was running smoothly and, you know, holding mics as well for questions, looking around after people, yeah, just, it was really fun though. Yeah. I felt kind of guilty and in, in sometimes because I'm one of these unfortunate people who likes asking questions. And <laughs> you just see people sort of, you know, somebody would ask a question at the back of the room and then I'd be sat near the front of the room and I was like, I don't mean to make you run all this way. I'm really sorry, but I'm really wanting to ask a question. <laughs> I know. We, that's the lucky thing about being in the healthcare room. It's a bit smaller. So the running around wasn't quite as, you know, extensive, which is quite nice. <laughs> But you, but you had some arguments in that room. I was, I was there for some of them. That, that was, there was some intense conversation going on. Oh, there was a lot on safety one and safety two, which I know is a big mm. debate at the moment. But that was quite hefty in them. Um, yeah. In that room. Um, but again, that was one of the cool things about conference, wasn't it? You could actually have them discussions rather than. Um, with sometimes that's one of my downsides of the online stuff. Is net you, you necessarily can't get stuck into that or continue the conversation maybe over a drink or something like that. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so being involved as, in the, as a member of the Secretariat, uh, how did you find that out? How did you get involved with that in the first place? How, do, how does that happen? Well, it's actually funny because, you know, I read the Institute's um, newsletters. Oh, well done. Come in weekly, I know. I know. And that's how I found it. It said, we're looking for students to be, you know, volunteer secretariats at our next conference. And I immediately was like, that is an amazing opportunity you know, you don't want to get to see the background of the conference, but also you, you do get to get your face out there. Yes. And as someone who is in a department at Strathclyde that isn't, you know, a human factors department, I'm in the pharmacy, kind of health service research, uh, it was just so nice to kind of get in there. Mm. And basically, when I immediately after I saw that, I sent that to Amy, my fellow PhD, um, and said, let's do it. And we did. 
and the rest is history. Awesome. <laughs> Hi, Amy. Thanks for joining us today uh, on the 12 or 2 podcast. And could, before we get into the conference and that sort of stuff, could you just tell us a bit about who you are and what you do on, a, on in, in real life, as it were? <laughs> of course. Uh, so I am currently a second year PhD student at the University of Strathclyde um, up in Glasgow since 2014. I grad honours degree in psychology. I then did the most in research methods in psychology. I worked for a year and a half as a research assistant uh, and I then applied for a PhD and this is me now. So um, I am doing my PhD in human factors in remote consultations and primary care in particular. Um, so yes, I have been so far doing a systematic literature review, which I'm in the final stages of. It's oh, wow. exciting. Um, <laughs> it's taken a long time. You're the first person I've heard about talk about uh, uh, literature review is exciting. So that, that's that's going for you. Um, I mean, um, it's more I'm at the latter stages of it. <laughs> <laughs> at the other end. Yes. <laughs> um, and I'm kind of using the findings from it to build an interview schedule to interview some pharmacists about why they are and aren't using video consultations and I'm using or attempting to use SEATS model to do that. So, yeah. Cool. Well, that sounds like you sounds like you've definitely got your hands full then um yeah. <laughs> so in amongst all in amongst all doing that you um you volunteered to be part of the agnomics conference this year as well so how, how did that all come about so we got well we received an email back in i think it was january um and you know the opening line was something really exciting like would you like a free space a free um ticket to the ergonomics conference and i was like oh my god yes <laughs> <laughs> what do i need oh, to you, do yeah <laughs> um and Tina had just explained that, you know, you could be a member of the Secretariat team. Um, basically, you would be volunteering to help in the conference and just make sure that everyone who's attending has, like, a really... And I thought, well, I'm up for that. And I also would really like to attend. So, email, just tell her, telling her a little bit about me and, you know, why I really want to do it. Um, I then had a short chat with um, the head mm -hmm. of the Secretariat team. Uh, we just had a wee chat about my work and you know, what what we want to get out of it and things like that. And thankfully, there I managed to get one of the spaces. I think there was twelve applicants and only six spaces. So, mm -hmm. doing their racking couple of days because I really wanted the space. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Um, so yeah, I'm really thankful that I got a space. Awesome. So when you actually got to conference, then for those who aren't um, aware of what you know the secretariat do and that type of thing, can you just describe the the sort of things they had you doing? Yes, so we kind of do everything in the background. So, for example, on the first day, I was on the registration desk, um, and we sort of try and grab everyone coming in the front door, tick their list, and um, make sure you've got any presenters' presentations already um, uploaded onto the computer system, um, and give people their badges. And that's also a really good time to, you know, put a face to a name. Mm. If you've been reading some, you think, oh, I really want to know who that is and what they look. So that I can point them later on for a chat. So that was good. <laughs> um, we then are in charge of kind of like really just making sure people have like the best experience possible. So making sure that things run on time. So I'm kind of herding people into rooms, <laughs> if, uh, <laughs> making sure they know where they're going, um, keeping them in track. And then during the sessions, we were kind of in charge of timings. So you know we had these little 
posters that say five minutes left to go, uh, two minutes to go, and then a really slightly polite, slightly cheeky one that says, please stop it. Um, <laughs> so yeah, we were in charge of that. And initially I was like, oh God, that's going to be quite um, quite scary. Like we're in charge of making sure that everything finishes on time. But actually it was, it was really good fun. Um, and thankfully all the presenters were quite... Um, they were very aware of it. We had had a chat with them beforehand and just said, you know. Perfect. And obviously, this year was um, a strange year because we're coming out of the pandemic. We had the first tentative steps towards actually seeing that people are, are real um, as opposed to just being 2D on screen. What did you think of the, um, in in re in, uh, re in reflection, what did you think of, that, of the live virtual mix that you had? Yeah, I thought it worked quite well. We had good audiences for, for both. Um, I think what we were trying to do in having that split between the virtual and the in-person event was to make sure we didn't lose any of the, the good things that we've got from having to be online for quite so long. So um, the accessibility of people just being able to pop up on screen and, or listen to things or join in like that. Um, and also the, you know, the, the reach of it as well. We had far more... Um, sort of more attendance really from from people overseas our big international audience that we've built up and we really didn't want to lose that um and we also of course wanted to get it back to face to face as soon as we could so i think this was probably um the right time the right time of year we've just come out of sort of two years of really tough times and and people were were looking to you know to come back in a to a sort of well-organized sort of lively event which i i hope we managed to do I think you certainly did, especially with the, um, the, the the magician's antics as well. I've never seen a Rubik's Cube um, used in quite such a way. Um, uh, in person. So I just got to experience the online one fully. Cool. So, yeah, it was, I mean, um, the online drinking isn't the same as the uh, the in-person the in uh, networking, should we say. But yeah. the, it was still great, I guess, from this perspective, that um, you were still able to engage with, with half the conference, which is fab. Yeah. Um, what did you think of that live virtual, um, that, that ability to engage with it virtually? Uh, I was quite excited. Um, it was a nice idea. Uh, uh, support, you said the last two, I believe, have all been online. So I think they've definitely got a good thing there. It's a good way to get people everywhere involved, yeah. not just the people who can just turn up. Like obviously with COVID, uh, I imagine I was not the only one who couldn't go. So I thought it was quite nice. Cool. Um, what did you think? Obviously, this year was new because of the pandemic and all that sort of stuff. And it was our first tentative steps towards actually realizing that the people are 3D rather than just 2D on screens. What did you think of that live virtual mix? I thought it was brilliant. Um, I think it was a very clever and nice way of sort of easing us back into sort of in-person conferences because as we said before we came on that we're both exhausted after just like <laughs> running around for two days um but I also think with the online conferences the past couple of years we've really learned that it opens it up to so many more people and the past couple of years um that we were purely online we had um you know we had um papers from all over the world um, from so many different countries and so many people sort of tuning in to the online conference. Um, so I think it was really important this year to kind of keep that going, keep that momentum going. You know, we've reached out to so many more people who now know what ergonomics and human practice is, thanks to the online conference, I think. 
Yeah, I think that first bit was really interesting because the you know the the first session that I was in, we had um, Paul Simon chairing it from Australia and yeah. in Australia, we had Andrew Thatcher who's in South Africa, and then there were a couple of people who were in Wales and a couple of people in England. And I was like, that you just wouldn't get that um, yeah. that complex mix without lots of travel. Um, no. But, uh, no. Oh, I think it's so, brilliant and I, I, it means you can dip in and out and you know the sessions are recorded you can go back later and watch them again um and yeah I just think it's brilliant so what did you think obviously this year was a bit different because we were coming out of the uh, pandemic um it's the first live thing or like you know we had that live virtual mix um what did you think of that how do you think that worked I think that's a really great opportunity because like not only the people who didn't want to go in person, you know, they still don't feel comfortable, get to be involved in the conference. But also, you got to get through a lot more research than you would if it was just, you know, two-person, oh, two-person, two-day conference yeah. in person. Like, sort of, you got more research, you got to see more. And it also meant that I got to go to the virtual one a bit later because I was at another conference that day. <laughs> cool. So you could basically work it around the other stuff you were doing as well. I've yeah. got to admit that I was at home and being able to drop into some like some of the live virtual bits um but then when i had a meeting us or whatever i could either have it on the background and watch it again later so you it, it did make it very very convenient so if you had to pick one i know it's difficult to do this but what would be your conference highlight or you can have a couple if you want oh conference highlight i think it was seeing actual people <laughs> <laughs> i think it was just being there and realizing what a great community we are really and what a great bunch we are um and there's so many brilliant people but i really enjoyed susie broadbent's um institute lecture on the fact that really resonated with me and i've spoken to a few people since mm -hmm. that it did as well um just that whole you know how do we present ourselves as ergonomists and, and how do we go about our day job and i thought that was brilliant um and the other one for me was it was a it was a it was a little uh, talk. It was a short talk. I'm, to, I'm looking at my notes right now. <laughs> um, it was Natalie Short actually, and she was talking about usability engineering requirements in the UK. Um, and she works for Harvey Medical. Um, and I've seen her present a few times, and she's really interesting and engaging in how she talks about these tools and techniques. Because let's face it, tools and techniques aren't the easiest thing to talk about and be engaging about. But um, she mentioned something when she was doing this med medical usability testing that she can have five people or six people, something that's not statistically significant anyway, but they can still pick up 97% of the issues wow, okay. um, that they need to find with using those five people. And that really stuck with me. Um, and especially after listening to Susie's talk as well, where you know we don't often get access to hundreds and hundreds of people for days and days at a time and you know to just hear that from somebody i i thought that was i thought that was really really brilliant yeah the whole thing that what susie did was sort of cite that um the differences almost or the or the the, the strained relationship to a certain extent between academia and practicality yeah um, which did cause a bit of tension in the room uh, it did. <laughs> but, but but to me that was also the value of of conference yeah. is that we can come together and actually um one of the things one of the things susie said is we need to get better and mm. talking or relating the academia and, in, and industry or the practical application together and we that's the one thing sort of thing you it's harder to do remote um is to be able to get in because i know quite a few people then went to the bar afterwards and we're still talking about it so mm. it had a um, significant impact 
Um, it's probably hard to hard to pick for you given the, the the depth of your involvement. But what were your conference highlights? What were the things that you were like? Wow, that's yeah, that's that's good. Um, what did you take away? Yeah, I think um, well, I think Susie Broadbent actually um, said in her institute lecture, just seeing all their little faces. So it was it was more for me um, about. Um, just seeing people have a good time and meeting each other again after so long and, and thinking that, um, you know, we'd been party to that. We've been able to put that together. Of course, there were some great, uh, great um, keynotes and lectures and all the presentations. And, and I guess another one of my highlights really is just seeing how much effort people put into their own presentations and, and coming along and getting involved in the, in the event and, and really sort of helping us to, to enjoy it as well through through their own sort of you know their, their own attendance and, and enjoying it themselves what, what do you think you, your conference highlight was i particularly loved that i was surrounded by people who knew what human factors was um <laughs> the amount of times where people say oh what are you doing and you say human factors and blah 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 and they go human factors what? and you try and describe it and they look at you like no, don't know what you mean. So I just loved it, and I loved being able to put um, faces to names. And because I was part of the secretariat, who were you know pinpointing people and telling them, so let's get moving. And also the bright yellow polo shirts we were wearing, which made us stand. Yes. <laughs> um, so it, it gave us a really, really good opportunity to to chat to people that maybe we have been you know reading their research and thinking well i would really like to ask them a bit more about that or just to introduce ourselves so that in the future if we do questions um that we can feel less nervous about getting in touch with them uh, so so it, it i guess that really great opportunity like I said to use that networking um mm -hmm. for the good of um for the, for the good of your research and not just the way i was doing it in terms of working out who else was drinking with me in the evening um, <laughs> um so throughout the throughout the whole conference, I guess all of it really. Was, was there any particular highlights? Something that stood that stood out for you was like, wow, that that's that's really cool. Yeah. So I have to say big thank you and big kudos to the to the organization team uh, because they did an incredible job. It was a, it was my first event, live event for probably most of us for a very <laughs> long time, and they they really pulled this out to the level that 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 was you know beyond my expectations but you know my personal highlights i guess um, uh, two lectures probably stand out the most uh, professor uh, uh, neville stanton on human reactions in automotive and and autonomous vehicles you know uh, it's it's just a highlight of of my professional life for the last couple of years working in the industry so that was great to see and great to see engagement from the from the audience about this uh, you know challenging and sometimes controversial topic uh, also professor Leonard um, Sullivan um, from Limerick I think that was a great great uh, emphasis on the on the on the user-centric design aspects in, in exoskeletons or very similar uh, semi-robotic robotic, robotic uh, devices that you know enhance provide more value to our lives, uh, help us with this. And also, uh, I, I really want to thank you uh, to Ron McLeod to, to, to officially present the white paper because that's the great read for everybody, especially I'm listening here from my colleagues, students, uh, how, how great value it provides to, to, you know, to your 
to their daily life. So that's probably you know something that that really really tells a lot about the quality of and the outcome from the from the from his and and the institute work. You know, but on this occasion, I also wanted to. Uh, I congratulate my my colleagues, my fellow students, for for presenting their work because uh, I was very positively surprised to see how many faces are from from Cranfield University. <laughs> yes, you you need to fly that Cranfield flag. That's cool. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, did you learn anything new? Was there anything there that you're just like, wow, that's a proper takeaway that I'm going to use uh, well, in the future? Yeah, I mean, there's so much. My head is buzzing with thoughts and like ideas from my research and, um, you know, future ideas and where I want to go as well. And I just, like I said before, I think the main kind of thing I learned is how important it is to tell everybody about human factors. Yeah. <laughs> now, you know, whenever you go meet someone new, you're like, have you heard of human factors? I am going to become that really annoying person who is like, you've got a problem. Have you thought about human factors? Oh, you teach. Have you taught human factors? I'm going to be that person. And maybe annoying, but I think it's so important. <laughs> it is. And I think the um, from my perspective, just knowing that we maybe encourage a new brand ambassador, then um, then that then that's a, um, a fantastic win for, for the human factors domain. Definitely. Hopefully that gave you a bit of an insight into what happened at Ergonomics and Human Factors 2022, particularly what goes on in the background and what goes on um, under the covers, as it were, about what how to make that conference happen for you. If you were uh, got any comments or you've got any queries around um, what what you think, what you thought of a this the production of this podcast, this is a new one for me, and I recognise it's it's very rough around the edges, and I've got a lot to learn. But if this type of approach um, is good, bad, indifferent, I'm all up for the criticism. So feel free to drop us a line, line through the socials. If you want to hear a bit more about what I thought of, of the conference and my perspective, I did a chat with Nick Rome over on Human Factors Cast, and, and that will be going live uh, very shortly. So feel free to go and wander over there and, and, and listen to what, what we have to say there. And you'll also hear from some more of our um, interviewees over there too. But as for now, thank you ever so much for your time and we shall see you on the next one. Thank you for listening to 1202, the Human the Factors, Factors Podcast. Podcast. Please do get in touch with your thoughts, questions and comments. You can contact us on social media such as Twitter, LinkedIn and Facebook at 1202 Podcast. See you next see time. You next and time. remember, it's more than just common sense.